Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. And today, it's all about predictions. Predictions. What, what does Kasim, with his magic ball, what does he see in the future of 2023 here? So, Kasim's going to give three predictions. I'm going to give three predictions. We really haven't shared them, so they might actually overlap because <laughs> we've just done such a good job of pre-planning for this show. So <laughs> without further ado, Kasim, and no banter, let's get right into number one. What's your number one prediction for 2023? So I saw somebody say this on Twitter, and it stuck with me. This is the TikTok effect. And the phrase they used was snackable content, snackable short form videos specifically. We've been acclimated to and indoctrinated into this very quick hitter environment for media, video-based media specifically. And I think that's going to make a much bigger impact on the ad world than it has so far. And from an organic perspective, people are already there. The TikTok videos permeate into Instagram and Facebook and even LinkedIn now, which is really interesting. You're starting to see them move over to YouTube Shorts. But I think that advertisers are going to get better and better at following suit. And we're going to see snackable short form videos as ads. And to just take that one step further, I think the expectation of conversion attribution on those snackable short form videos is going to need to be low. These are brand building, awareness building, remarketing, you're just staying in front of your prospect, but I don't expect them to be bottom of the funnel direct response. That's prediction number one. So I couldn't agree more. I see so much content right now in these snackable bites, this TikTok effect. And everyone is it's thinking like Facebook is the only one and Instagram are the only ones that are just copying TikTok and copying Snapchat for short form video. But it's actually, it's over on YouTube too. If you've watched YouTube shorts and they're actually really good and I'm, I'm getting to like shorts. Anyway, I never really thought that I would just short form videos. And there's obviously there's YouTube shorts, there's Facebook reels, there's Instagram stories. Like there's all this short form video, obviously the stuff that's over on TikTok. But when you go on a channel and you just want to consume a bunch of content, I actually enjoy the fact that it repeats itself and then it's like 20 second, 30 second bites. And if it's done, you really start to you hear it maybe once or twice or three times or whatever the concept is, and then you internalize it. So I'm actually a big fan of short form content and we've done a fair amount. I know you guys have done a fair amount and that is absolutely a trend that's going to continue. I actually think it might even get shorter as time goes on in 2023. I guess that's my prediction on top of your prediction is snackable, but even smaller snacks. <laughs> smaller snacks. I love that, dude. That's so funny. And I like that we have predictions on predictions now. That just That's synergistic. <laughs> <laughs> 
dude, I'm a little offended. I heard uh, from the grapevine that you've got a, a new episode coming and you've replaced me with like the big that knows post-click and conversion architecture and all that fancy stuff. Tell me what's happening there. He's not even a Cossum. He's he's a VP of marketing, but probably the best person to talk about the customer acquisition show. Talk about it here, but we're primarily traffic focused. And uh, this whole show is about how you can scale and grow by acquiring new customers and enhancing their lifetime value. It's just that simple. Pretty much everybody who comes and talks to us, that's what they want. So you can hire me in Cossum potentially, but I would recommend listening to the show and doing it for yourself first. And we're going to give away all the goods here. There's nothing that we're going to keep away from the listener. And I'm really excited about having Tom on Perpetual Traffic to talk about the customer acquisition show because we just launched it a few weeks back, getting rave reviews on it. And it's definitely one to check out wherever you listen to podcasts. That's the customer acquisition show. You'll see it right there. It's not just me. It's a bunch of other folks from tier 11 and special guests as well. Maybe we'll even have you on at one point in time, Kasim. I think that probably would be a good thing. But yeah, pretty excited to have Tom on the show. Uh, I believe it's the next show coming up. So thanks for uh, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, that sounds like a blast. I'd love to be on. I'm definitely going to tune in because this is all stuff that we need to learn. All right. Well, why don't we get to our actual predictions, which I know are different from each other right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are here making our 2023 predictions at year-end 2022. Snackable video, number one for both of us. Smaller snack video, I guess, is even a trend here in 2023. But why don't we continue on with your second prediction for the coming year, Kasim? Yeah, so my second prediction isn't just for the coming year. I think that this is a decades-long 
trend reaching an apex, I think that we are moving from advertising to experiences. And I think that's in 2023 going to become the norm. And I'll give you some examples. Online challenges are really ads, they're marketing mechanisms, but they're marketing mechanisms that give the consumer a really powerful experience. Webinars are ads, advertising, but they're experiential advertising. Anything in the e-learning space, anything in the community space, anything that's like engaging socials, AMAs, like the ability to connect beyond just, oh, I saw your billboard. And I think experiential advertising, it's what the internet was built for. And it's funny that it took us 40 years or however long to really figure that out. But we're now optimized in that way. And I think that's going to move from being like the pinnacle of advertising to the norm of advertising. I'm not just going to show you my ad any longer. Instead, I'm going to put you in a position to engage with me in an experiential way. So from advertising to experiences, that's prediction number two. So talk to me about experiential way. Like what, what does that mean to you? I think the easiest thing is if you think about an ad that you put on Facebook, the fact that we as advertisers, generally speaking, ignore the comments is an in error because it's not the ad that connects, it's the conversation. So that becomes conversational marketing. And then the interaction between me and that consumer, that it's a very kind of sterile, snackable experience to steal from our previous word, but that's the beginning of an experience. And then if you move that into something a little bit more intentional, like, like an Ask Me Anything or a webinar or an online challenge or something where you haven't bought from me yet, which means we're still in marketing. The marketing to sales conversion is when you buy or when you sign up and ask to be sold and you're not on that side of the line yet. So anything pre-intent lives inside of marketing. And as the consumer is engaging with your channel, your media, your ads, I think it's going to become more and more experiential, meaning they're doing more than just watching. They're actually an active participant in this marketing process. So an example of that would be a webinar, but that's older school. Kind of. Well, I'm just trying to wrap my head around your point here and your prediction. The old school webinar model is just, I talk at you. But if you look at, go look at what Jason Fladlin does or what any of these hardcore webinar guys do. Those webinars aren't webinars anymore. Those are Zoom meetings. They're like town hall, community center, open forum, interacting, learning, engaging questions like webinar. This isn't your grandma's webinar, Ralph. (laughs) If you look at, if you've been on a recent webinar and people don't like that word either, the word evokes like, oh, I'm going to sit here and just be bored to death for four and a half hours. Maybe think like online challenges. An online challenge, by the way, is just a webinar. It's a webinar with a goal. You know what I mean? But some of those online challenges, I joined one recently. I've got really bad flexibility in my hip. And I found this guy that did this online challenge to, um, increase your hip flexibility. And it was a 21 day webinar driven online challenge. I paid nothing, or maybe it was like 20 bucks or whatever, but it's not, he's probably self-liquidating his traffic, but it was this, it was an experience. It was a true experience. And I got to know him and I got to know the community and we got to engage and interact. And I had this like end result that we were aiming for. And I think that type of experiential marketing is going to continue to become more and more important. That's probably an outgrowth or in relation to the pandemic in a lot of ways. Like now you have this whole, in essence, the population of the world that's now comfortable with that medium. Whereas prior to 2020, 
it really wasn't the case, making this far more of a viable and acceptable and socially acceptable model. Wouldn't you agree? I would absolutely agree. I think that people didn't really trust online engagement. And you know what really accelerated that significantly was COVID. All of a sudden, the town hall, the community center moved on more so than it was offline, which I don't think was the case pre-COVID. I think pre-COVID, the internet was still this sort of disassociated thing. It was this cloud that hovered above the real world. And COVID forced us all to look at uh, the online world is far more integral. And I think that's what pushed the community there. So I think that's one of the things that makes our online experience more engaging and more experiential because we had for however long it was, 18 months, you couldn't even go outside. Going outside was going online. Exactly. No, I totally agree. I, I see that evolving in 2023 even more. And I think we only scratched the surface in 2022. I think one of the things that on my side, as far as predictions go, and I think we've we actually discussed this a couple of times this past year as like a thing that's coming, but the rise of this idea of zero party data and sort of old school form building, email generation, getting some kind of piece of data from a potential consumer pre-engagement. You see it a lot with e-commerce sites that might throw out a 20% discount or a 10% discount or 15% or a coupon code as you exit intent from the site. It's gaining more and more momentum. We're seeing so many more of our customers building lists in addition to going for the sale. And I think there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. I think there might even be an integration here back into chatbots, which is something that we did cover on the show a couple of times this past year. But I think all of that's sort of been lost a bit. Uh, it was a novelty when it first came out. And now I think form building and just being able to gather data from people who are coming to your site for that first touch prior to them even going into the consideration phase as to whether or not they want to purchase your product, it's going to become even more and more important. And I think in, in previous episodes, we've talked about capturing first party data or zero party data in platform like video views on YouTube and video views on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and the like. And I think all of that is now really essential retargeting audiences that marketers, I think, discounted a few years back pre-iOS 14 and now iOS 15 and 16 coming not too far away. Uh, it, but it's still the essence of marketing. You have to own your data. And not to be lost in all of this privacy stuff because some of it has been normalized to a certain degree. And then it puts the onus back on good old email marketing once again. And that's an area where we're seeing that it's just one more thing to add to the customer acquisition path and the customer journey that people, I still don't think leverage as much as they possibly can. And I think it's probably because they're not they're not collecting that zero party or at least first party data on the front end. And I do see that as a continued trend for it not only to gain more momentum, but to be the cornerstone of an online business's marketing efforts in the coming year. Yeah. So the return of email is so interesting. It's like the the zombie demon marketing that won't die, but it's it just makes so much sense. The very first thing you do before when you wake up and, and the last thing you do before you go to bed is check your email. Every business owner specifically are glued to their email. And I, I've got a buddy, he's one of the smartest marketers in the world as far as I'm concerned. 
And he's double and triple down on email to the point to where he's like on a school heavy on email deliverability. And he's running these courses and these boot camps now on email specifically. It's so interesting to me that this is, this could be a podcast from 2002 talking about the next big thing is going to be heavy email marketing. It's just the tried and true. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And I think it can even be just something as simple as, and depending on when you're, (laughs) depending on when you're listening to this show, because we're split testing it a bunch right now is when someone comes to our site, and this is a good example, obviously we sell a service, is that not everybody's ready to buy. So we have what's referred to as a transitional lead magnet. Our first call to action is to get their growth plan, which is, it's a deeper level of engagement. It's not too deep, but the point is that's maybe a step or so removed for some people. It might not, I might not be ready for it as of yet. We know that people who are coming to our website chances are they probably are looking for an agency. How do you choose an agency? So we created this huge guide about how to do it without a subtle pitch. Oh, by the way, all the answers point to tier 11. No, this is actually helpful, useful content for CMOs, for marketing VPs and so forth. And it's a transitional call to action, which I love that word. I think I, I was taken from Story Brand and Donald Miller, who we should have back on the show, by the way, because he's brilliant. But anyway, it's a great way to capture data, to capture it, whether that's zero party or first party. I suppose that's probably first party, Kasim. But the point is, we're actually getting something from the visit and then following up through email at the point when they might, may or may not be ready. And I think. You know, it's 2023 and emails, oh, really? Email is one of your trends? It's within the context of understanding where we're at in marketing today and why it's so important. It's the second thing I do in the morning. Like I I check my urgent slacks and then I go right over to email still. And it's the last thing I do before I sign off for the day. Uh, Sorry, guys, email is still important. And if you're not paying attention to it or if you're not at least giving it credence on your site, thinking, oh, everyone who comes to my site should be buying, probably missing out on a fair amount of traffic. And the show isn't just about traffic here. It's also about conversion and making sure every visit is worth it for you so that you can follow up with those people when they're ready to consider a purchase of your product. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that one. All right. So what's your next prediction, Kasim? I think this is a throwaway or a gimme, but I just think it's it has to be mentioned. And it's effectively AI-driven everything. We had Patrick Gilbert on the show to talk about the AI creative piece that was just absolutely mind-blowing. If you didn't listen to that episode, please go back and listen. But it's not just AI creative. Performance Max is AI governance. And Facebook is moving in towards AI-driven targeting. And then there's software applications that bolt on top of these advertising networks that are AI-driven. The concept of AI, I think, is something that we all still need to wrap our heads around because it's not the Terminator, right? It's not just this computer that's out for vengeance. The way that I've defined it for myself is just a machine's ability to define and identify value, the conversation of valence. And we're there now. We're in a position now where the AI tools are working. And so if you're listening to this and you're a director of marketing or a marketing manager or an independent solopreneur or whatever, don't sleep on AI. Go sign up for Jasper. They've got a phenomenal product or one of the 500,000 other AI marketing tools. Not because I think you should be using Jasper. That's not what I'm saying. But so that you can kind of get exposed to the sandbox that is AI. Once you see the use case in practice, 
you start to realize, oh, I see where this begins and I end and vice versa. So I think that all marketers need to start embracing AI conceptually. And then how that makes sense for your business will be something you'll need to customize, of course. How do marketers leverage this, you know, right now? Like, how is it? Do they have to be aware of it or just let the algorithm, the AI do its work? Like how do like what you're saying is a good point, but how do people apply it to their day-to-day marketing? Yeah, that's the sad part, man, is you can't just set it and forget it. It's a really smart robot that makes really stupid mistakes. Short circuit. You remember the one I'm talking about, Ralph, with the robot that becomes alive when it's struck by lightning? Yeah. So go watch Short Circuit. Yeah. And that's what you need to do. You are Fisher Stevens. You're the guy running around behind the robot, cleaning up all of his messes and trying to keep him from nuking a library or whatever it is that he ended up doing. And that's more or less the paradigm. And I know I'm being a little flippant, but I'm also being really honest. Here's something that can accomplish amazing goals. It can lift more than you can lift. It can think faster than you can think. But there's the classic joke about engineers where a mom tells an engineer to go to the grocery store and get a a gallon of milk. And if they have it, and then the engineer comes back with 12 gallons of milk. AI has that same problem, but at scale. So what you need to do is assume the role of AI babysitter and monitor the outputs, monitor the inputs, obviously, monitor the results, and then start to give it more leash as it earns it. And so moving from the decision-making entities to the governing entities, we're like the, you know, the middle management for the machine assembly line. Point well taken. I think that we're going to find way more adoption in the space of omni-channel marketing. I think that marketers have been super lazy. You know, for the longest time, the traffic stores were just Facebook and Google. It was like, All you had was Target and Walmart, and you could go to one or you could go to the other. And what we should see is people starting to branch out to little mom and pop stores, which they could be things that are on the larger side, like Twitter or Pinterest, and things that are on the smaller side too, individual blogs or advertising networks, smaller advertising networks, because that traffic in some instances is even more viable, especially if you spend the time to really learn your customer and learn your avatar. So going broader across more and more expensive. Mm. And so I think that squeeze is going to push people out into the margins of kind of more obscure advertising networks. It's also helpful because it gives the impression that you're everywhere too, which I do think there's something to that. And I know we've talked about it here. And I know one of the strategies for Dennis, you and both of our marketing and the stuff that we advocate, which is non-paid really, is multi-channel. And just being everywhere, there's something, there's something omnipresent about just people saying, "Hey, I see you everywhere now." That's a that's powerful to say that. You know, not only do you have, like the podcast is like this is one channel, really. This is an organic channel. But if you look at all the channels, like we're on pretty much every single one of them at some point in time during the day, producing some level of content, and I. You know, multi-channel, at least from an organic perspective, is a good place to start, and then you power it with ads, correct? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And those two things are going to feed each other. The organic, the, the paid and organic worlds, and that maybe that's another prediction, Ralph, actually. And I don't even think this is a prediction, to be honest with you. I think this is just a statement of what mm-hmm. has happened. It used to be an or. People would right. talk about paid or yep. organic. And 
Now it's mm. both. You're putting yourself at a massive disadvantage. And I don't think anybody argues that anymore. Everyone knows inherently, I, th I think just, I wouldn't say inherently, I would say intuitively that yes, that's a good idea. But until you start doing it and you start seeing how it, it's an effort, you, it's a concerted effort. You have to create the content. You have to figure out and know who your avatar is and what kind of content am I going to create. Therefore, that's a good starting point. But, and I think everyone says, yeah, I should be doing that, but it seems like a whole lot of work. Oh, we're going to leave links in the show notes to the Dennis U episode. Go back. There's at the very least YouTube Dennis U the Content Factory, and just start to wrap your head around this. And I think this is the question of and not or. And it's almost. I remember when we first had Michael Stelzner on this show like five or six years ago. It was always a question of organic versus paid. And to your point, it's now organic and paid. Why wouldn't you do both? The organic feeds the paid, and then the paid is the stuff that you might not yeah, be spending exactly. quite as much money on if you didn't have the organic to know what kind of content, what kind of stuff actually resonates with your audience. So it's definitely, it's an and these days. It's almost a necessity to be on multi-channel. All right, so the last prediction here is the use of, I'm going to kind of lump these together because they're oftentimes mentioned separately, but influencer marketing content creators in UGC. I almost look at it all as the same, maybe not UGC, because that is user-generated content by your actual users, people who use your products. And I think we've talked about that stuff so much, all bringing back to the trend, which is another huge trend for 2023, which is the use of video. Like video right now is about 80% of the content that's consumed on social channels. And I could actually see that increasing in 2023. And you as a marketer have to embrace video because everybody who's not marketing just on the social channels, just to communicate with their friends, do whatever it happens to be to stay in touch as well as stay in touch with brands and celebrities and influencers. It's all through video. So if you're not using video yet, we talked about short form video, especially stuff that's under 20 seconds, under 30 seconds, which is definitely a trend and will continue to be a trend in 23. But the big thing is actually getting your message out there through content creators. And if you don't know how to do it or what to do with it, there's lots of agencies that do creator content for you. If you're not comfortable with doing it, certainly just a Google search. You can also go over to the meta platforms and they do have a couple of preferred vendors over there. We'll leave links in the show notes for their partners in the content creator side. But as soon as you start getting this type of front end content, I swear to God, like the last six or seven case studies that we've put together here at tier 11 for, for success stories all came back to creative. That was creator content video. And it was either a spokesperson or a combination of spokesperson plus UGC people telling others about how great you are. And we've mentioned these resources before. Get Bravo is a great one. There's a lot of other resources that are out there that you could potentially use to get testimonials and content from your users and from your customers. 
But whatever you do in 2023, make a concerted effort to create this type of content. And I'm lumping these all together, influencers, which you have to pay for in some cases. And in some cases, they'll create creator content that's really good with a following that goes along with it. So that's a bonus. We don't necessarily do it that way. We tend to go after actual creators and create content that matches the brand and the product. So that's how we do it. More of a manual process through a paid agency that we do use oftentimes. There's a couple of different types of video formats that we tend to use, one of which using a creator is the pitch demo video ad format, which starts off with face to camera and some motion. Then the spokesperson introduces the problem with a potential solution and then shows proof that the product works, maybe even including a demo. And then last but not least, doing a call to action. That's what we refer to as the pitch demo video ad formula. And we use that with creators. In all cases, another great one is called the testimonial mashup video. That's where you get five or six of your, maybe your best customers and have the short snippets of testimonials that are maybe 10 to 15 seconds long. And you start off with either a spokesperson or maybe with a video testimonial and introduce the problem that your product solves with a little bit of testimonial. Then you do a big benefit statement, some kind of B-roll or overlay that shows the benefits of your product or service. And then you throw in the testimonial snippets, maybe five or six of them. Like I said, not the whole thing. You don't throw in the whole three minutes or whatever it is that they record. You just take out the best 15 seconds. You can find somebody on Fiverr to do this super worthwhile. There's also some resources in the show notes for agencies that we've used in the past that will help with this. And then last but not least, the call to action for the next step. So there is a lot to be done here. And just those two formats, as well as love sandwich video, which is another one where you introduce the product, then you have a testimonial, then you show the product and the benefits again, then you do another testimonial, and then you have a call to action. And those three video ad formulas right there use a combination of user-generated content. They also use influencer or content creator type of content. You can use them all together to make uh, a, a lot of different types of video, but that's the kind of stuff that's really working right now. And that's the stuff that's going to continue to work in 2023. So definitely invest in that, not just for your paid advertising, but also for your organic, as well as put this stuff on your website, you know, right at the bottom at the checkout page, whatever it happens to be like, where is that zero moment of truth where people are trying to decide, should I buy this? Should I not buy this? Is it on your homepage? Is it on the checkout page? Is it somewhere in between maybe your product page? I would sprinkle these things all around. I think there's no substitute for having too much social proof telling people that your product or service is awesome. And we definitely use content creator influencers, as well as most importantly, user-generated content. And uh, I see that as a continued trend in 2023. So that's our quick list of predictions. Check out all the resources that we mentioned here, as well as go back and listen to previous episodes and let us know what we can do better. Head on over to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. Leave a comment in there. We read all of those. Follow me on LinkedIn. That's Ralph Burns over at LinkedIn. Aaron Kasim at his handle on Twitter, which is at Kasim Aslam. On behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam, Peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic 